Help me remember to forget Cause I, I don't wanna wake up yet Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents Coming to you wherever you might be getting your streaming media Everywhere, right? It's on Stitcher and Podbean, iTunes, Amazon Music Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. Every time I search to see if I've got all the platforms in like my email signature or something, somebody else is carrying this podcast. So I'm very happy to have you wherever you are joining me back in the studio today, back in North Carolina. Spent some time out west um, just before the nationwide mask mandates started coming to a town near you, uh, that was the um, week that uh, L.A. had just started requiring masks again. So uh, we were in California, in Temecula, in San Diego, in a couple of other lesser knowns. But we went to these beautiful, beautiful Sunset Hills. I think it's actually called Sunset Hills Park. Um, the most beautiful sunset. Uh, I had photographs made and things. And up in L.A., we went to a couple of places. Namely, and I, I never get his name right, the guy from uh, MasterChef uh, has a restaurant he owns there. I don't know if that means he's an investor or how much hands-on experience he had setting that restaurant up. But it's a very beautiful place. It's almost hidden away like you wouldn't know it's there. Uh, it's called uh, Chispaca. That's C-H-I-S-P-A-C-C-A. And uh, we had a great time. Uh, probably the best server uh, we've ever had. Uh, I've ever had. Um, and enjoyed uh, Joe Bastianich is his name. Um, I, I quite enjoyed uh, seeing just the little quaint space, you know, he's a guy who's, you know, judges cooking shows, things of that nature, and uh, portions were very big, price <laughs> was very big, and uh, and we enjoyed ourselves in L.A., um, didn't spend enough time there, we, we moved out to Santa Monica, famous Santa Monica Pier, it's a couple of other places, so enough about me, um, most central uh to the theme of this show is a term <laughs> that comes to mind uh, and and you'll recognize the movie but uh we were discussing how to best go about having a loved one a friend someone you care about how do you address them across social media across these times of vaccination debates and masks and you know theories uh, which now have become mandates. Then, then now they've become written into legislation. Or uh, around you, you'll find folks with all sorts of interpretations. And the most simplistic way I said to a young man via my Facebook, uh, I said my example was, <laughs> I said I'm waiting for people who are against the vaccine to compare it to the logic against condoms, right? You put it on to protect you, sort of to protect them. It's the reason you get the vaccine, to protect you, protect them, is keep you from dying. Keep you from... And you have um, this impenetrable force in a condom, right? It's a, 
Uh, wait, no, it's not 100%. Is the vaccine 100%? Oh, you mean people who get vaccinated sometimes still get hepatitis, tetanus, chicken pox? Thing? Oh, my God. Medicine that's not 100%? Oh, Lord. Folks, it's not perfect. Sometimes water gets through a crack in a perfect phone or otherwise, or whatever it might be. And you are a an outlier. But you don't want to have the information wrong and then be lying out loud. An outlier is different. It's a, a small percentage, right? Against the odds. The odds are, this is what I saw. It said, uh, telling somebody they have to get the vaccine is like telling somebody who doesn't have cancer they have to get chemo. And I said, wait, what? I wish this was a visual show so I could just put the graphics up. But I mean, I mean, you know, the percentage of people who live through the vaccination process, who live through COVID, very high percentage of people are going to live. Okay. The vaccination, as I discussed in my previous episodes is a prevention against more grave consequences that's the idea keep you from dying it's not to keep you from spreading it now if eventually they get ahead of the curve maybe well it doesn't protect you against the new strain no asshole that's why there's different hepatitis vaccines one doesn't catch all of them. If something mutates, you you haven't fought against that variation. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You are you, there's football fans out there. They gotta be. There's a ton of people who watch football. Calls an audible. I thought he was gonna pass, and then he handed it off to the running back. He pitched it to a guy. Right. We're all big fans, We're 90s kids out there, people who've grown up. You've watched Michael Crichton's story, Steven Spielberg produced and uh, directed Jurassic Park, the classic uh, scene where they talk about how they were able to manipulate some of the dinosaurs. It's a fictional movie, right? But there really are variations of things that happen in nature. And if you've not listened to enough David Attenborough, put on the nature documentaries around you get on amazon prime get on netflix hulu they're very popular people love sitting there watching things about wildlife in yourself do you think people always had the same features no you mean to tell me that evolution of things might bring a variation in the next wave in the next generation Oh, my God. I said to a young man, I said, it seems like you've got the pieces of the puzzle, sort of. But if you put them in the wrong place, you haven't put together the puzzle. That's right. We put the house together, put the water heater on the roof, and like, what the fuck? Like, like there's people. I just, I cannot for the life of me. Well, my life doesn't depend on it. That's not a very accurate uh, dramatization there. But I, I cannot for the life of me, so that I can exaggerate this and make it seem so self-important. 
figure out these wild, wild debates. I don't want to wear a mask because the whole idea is that you just stay away from each other. You know how you get out of the rain? You put an umbrella, a window, a shelter between you and the rain. Oh. Now, that doesn't mean that because you smell things through the mask, you can contagiously... I'm sorry, the, the virus being contagious. That you can't be a victim of the virus. You're wearing the mask. Does it keep it from getting in? No. Does it keep it from getting out? Not absolutely. The idea is that if you suffer symptoms like <laughs> coughing, that you don't project germs farther than they otherwise would go, right? The, the mask is designed as a preventative measure to diminish the capacity of those things to travel greater distances. This is why you social distance and you have the mask. Together, they're effective. You slow down and you wear a helmet. Then you don't die. What if I go faster with a helmet? You increase your chances of dying. What if I take off just the helmet and go fast? You've doubled your chances of dying. What if you go slow without a helmet? You're still risking serious injury. These things in combination with one another help to reduce the odds of you getting the virus and the degree to which you will suffer great consequences. And if you get the vaccine too, it increases your chances of living and decreases your chances of dying. That's what it's all about. It got nothing to do with whether you're going to get it or not. Everybody goes back to this 99.7, 99.7% of people, you don't need the vaccine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 38 million diagnosed cases. That's one out of every 10 Americans have been diagnosed. Statistically. And remember how many people would have gotten it? Remember all the rumors? So many untested people ended up with the vaccine. With, with the virus. Um, so what do you think that number is, speculators? 50 million people? One out of every six? Seven? You do your math. Throw in, and, and do the crazy math, too. I want you to throw in all the undocumented people, and then I'll say, well, how do you know they're undocumented and they're disease-free, virus-free? I'm going to play that card and say, yes, not only are they undocumented, they have the coronavirus. Well, you can't. You can't have it both ways. That's what I'm going to tell you. You either include them with a crazy variable, or you don't. Because we're going to play this you know, Russian roulette of math with people. It boils down to this. We all know people who have had the virus, been diagnosed with the virus, probably someone who is six degrees of separation from dying from the virus. What happened to this wild conspiracy that the virus was all made up? That was the whole thing before. They made the whole thing up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't believe in the virus. I don't know nobody. ain't seen nobody. Now you all know somebody. Slowly, the reality creeps into your life. Do you know why the doctors put on that personal protective gear, the mask, the gloves, the outfit? Is it to protect them from you? In some ways, yes, because you may have blood-borne pathogens. It's also for sanitation and to protect you from anything they might have. That's why they scrub up. They don't wash their hands to get rid of your germs as they're coming into the room. They do that to protect you. That's why you wash your hands and scrub up. 
These crazy fools who eat instant dinners and go through drive throughs and have no relative life skills of being able to prepare meals and fix things around the house and everything's plug and play in a matter of convenience. And then, as we have lowered, in North Carolina they have anyway, they have lowered the test scores for passing down to 60 because everything's a 10-point scale, 60 to 70 to 80 to 90 to... Okay. But in my day, I believe it was down to 93 was an A, and 87 was a B, and 77 was a C, and the rest was D, or you failed. So, folks, where are you basing your interpretation from? Where are you basing it from? What I'm looking at... And I started this off to work my Michael L. Craver way around to things. Because I said, people are on social media. They're debating all this nonsense. They're all throwing around a half-truth. Okay. So, as you're doing that, it's a shame that you can't get along with other people or that you end up with these um, gradient judgmental ways of looking at another person this is a fallacy this is my freedom this is ultimately it boils down to these fundamental things the folks who are elected and have the jobs and the ability and the authority with their jobs can write and pass Legislation as part of their jobs, and mandates are one of those possibilities. So as you don't pay attention or your side doesn't win at the box office, or as I call it, you may call it the poll, I call it the box office. As your side doesn't win and government is in its cycle, whether it be six months, four years, whatever your area that you're having an issue with, be it a presidential thing. Maybe it's the Senate. Maybe it's a six-year term. Whatever. Those folks have the ability to do their job and discharge their duties. And as they're doing things that the courts are going to uphold, we must, or we're supposed to, as civilized people, abide by them because they are your representatives. Oh, I ain't got to do what they say. Oh, hell with that. Is that right? But you pick and choose. You don't go running through stoplights. Why? Those folks set up building codes. You go running into buildings, take out a foundation piece, drive through the corner of City Hall and see if the building will fall on your car or not. No. And while that seems crazy, people do drive through windows and things accidentally. You see them on YouTube and fail channels and things. But the reality is, as you start... as people do to Christianity and other things. They say, well, the Bible's full of lessons, and it's full of stories, and if this story ain't true, then, sto- then I can start picking and choosing. Right? You can find a flaw in one thing, and now you can take all of the other things and poke them with it. Branch falls off a tree, you use that branch to stab the tree to death. That's ridiculous, right? The physics and the nature behind that don't add up. But verbally... This is all in your imagination. So you think you can take the smallest thing, and because there's a flaw here, there's a crack, you can bring the whole thing down. 
Oh, that's right. They got this part wrong. How do you know they don't have these other hundred parts wrong? <laughs> if you're qualified to do that kind of research, why the hell do you have the job that you have? If you're that resourceful, how come your resources don't look better? Now, often there's people who are debating these things, but they make a lot of money and they debate things for a living. You have guys like, um, maybe you, you know the guys I listen to, Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, these guys like that. And, you know, Shapiro's very clear, you get the vaccine because it doesn't kill you, dummy. <laughs> well, that's, that's what it's about. Nobody said if you take the vaccine, you're not going to get the virus. Things mutate. As a matter of fact, if you get the vaccine, you have a very improbable chance of getting that strain of the virus. But yes, you can get the new variants. Well, I fixed my transmission. Now my car is great. Hey, wait a minute. I got a flat tire. Oh, did fixing the transmission give you immunity to flat tires? Uh, well, uh, I mean, I ran over something and it tore up my transmission. I ran over something again, tore up my tires. Oh, so you might have only been protected in one area and not the other. This diverse enemy of biology that you're going up against. You know, it's just, it's, it's so wild to see this out of people. You go to a restaurant. They're out of something. Now, is your visit over? Or can you choose something else off the menu? Oh... What applies to one thing doesn't apply across the board. That what a what a wild idea. Strange like that, huh? And my the girl, she was just you know she's like ah. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And we debate a lot of things. We talk about a lot of things. And she showed me some stuff, and and I looked at it, and I said uh, bad information, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And this is what I started to get to at the beginning of the show, is that uh, the visual people have, if they've seen the movie, maybe you've heard the legend, whatever, whatever. I said, you know, he's just a member of a, of a human centipede. And that's the way I thought of these creepsters that are online, garbage in, garbage out. They hear it from somebody, they duke it out into somebody else's mouth. They're part of the human centipede of bad information, of a terrible life experience. They're crawling around. They're on all fours, right? Centipede. Then there's other people who've gone through all those changes, and they're social butterflies. You see the metaphors. You see the intelligence. You see the colorful things that I have going on here, colorful butterflies. But... You know, there's so many folks who are never going to get there. They don't have the fundamentals. They don't have the structure. I've talked how many times have I given the example on this podcast. If I gave you a puzzle, poured all the pieces out, and threw the box away, could you put it together? That's what's happening here. It's what's happening with the vaccinations. These fundamental educational things, these, these standards of operation, these methodologies... They're preventing people from being able to live a full life, not just in one area. It doesn't only apply to vaccines and so forth. It keeps them from being able to read an instruction booklet or, you know, not have to call people for help and things of that nature. They couldn't watch a YouTube video or just, you know, 
walk through the process themselves. I was at dinner. It's probably been a year, two years uh, with the girl, and said to her that I was going to fix some things around the house, electrical doors, things of that nature. And um, she kind of looked at me like, oh, yeah. And I said, well, I'm smarter. I have a higher IQ than people who are doing those things. If they can learn how to do it, I can learn how to do it. Now, I mean, I have the apprenticeship or the you know the, the refined skills from the repeated muscle memory. But I certainly can learn how to do it. And I don't think most people even look at it that way. Or they don't approach it in a way that they're learning or they're crafting a skill. They look at a piece of information and they're like, yep, you see that? That birth certificate right there means I'm an expert on that piece of information. Bert, wait, wait, what? You know, it's it's wild. Your sources of information often are convoluted. You pull dirty samples and then you try to, you know, look at it. And it wouldn't hold up. If you were to go into a trial, you guys couldn't be on the crime scene unit because you got contaminated evidence. It would never hold up to testing, to court, to scrutiny. This wouldn't happen. On my wife's special day, I concocted a meal. The fish waffle surprised her. Yes, the mess was unreal. There was only one face that could clean up this place. No ordinary sponge. Scrub Daddy. Firm and cool water, soft and warm. Plus, Scrub Daddy is scratch-free, odor-free, and always rinses clean. Our cleaning machine. Scrub Daddy. Clean anything with a smile. You know, this is, it's like an infection. It's like the virus. You have a flaw somewhere, whether it be, you know, compare it to an act of nature. A mosquito bite, okay, yeah. Snake bite, oh, that sounds a little more dangerous. Necrosis, things like that. Yeah, snake bites can kill you. Mosquito bites, eh, you can get malaria. Have you thought about it, though? Oh, I'm against the vaccine. Okay. Against the vaccine. So you get sick and you live. But you live with complications, not only from COVID, but from not having the vaccine. You live with more severe complications from COVID. Problems with your lungs, with your heart, with your immune system. And now what is your health care like the rest of your life? How much are you able to produce and live quality for the rest of your life? The vaccine is designed for you to have a better outcome should you be a person who contracts the virus. And in often, in many cases, especially for the old strains, it will increase your chances of not catching the virus. As new strains come along, it's a hit or miss because it's a new strain. It's not designed for that. This cereal's great with milk, not so much with water, not with motor oil. Yeah, those are different variations, asshole. It's designed for you to go through life, you know, nature is, and things will adapt and they'll change. Do your teeth always stay in the same place? No, they don't. Do you get wrinkles on your skin, things of that nature? Oh. Oh. And so as the virus changes... What would you need to do to be able to keep your body up to date? You, oh, you got to have a booster shot? Yeah, the same thing they do with tetanus and hepatitis and measles and polio and everything else. Freak shows. Very vaccine passport. It's you have a vaccination record that you turned into your elementary school for, 
the odds are that you live in an area where the health department's giving out all that stuff too. Well, it's an experimental vaccine. How many of you guys own a newer car or anything else that's got a warranty? Do you own things that don't have a warranty? You don't buy insurance and protection plans? Why do you do that? Do you have something that is guaranteed to work forever in all circumstances? You don't! You got homeowner's insurance and car insurance and insurance on your phone and your appliances and things. Why? Well, you never know what could happen. It could fail. It could... Oh, you mean as time goes on, it might encounter age and new circumstances, new environments. And with yourself physiologically, with those things mechanically, you mean to tell me that it might have flaws for unforeseen circumstances? Oh, Interesting. You got to still get up and you still pay attention to the weather. And how many times has that person failed you to forecast snow, rain, precipitation, temperature, whatever it might be throughout your life? And you still go back to that system and have some basis of expectation of reality coming out of that forecast. And then you go and you watch these guys talk about medicine and you act like it ought to be flawless. I'm watching people do the weather your whole life and it's like flipping a coin get the fuck out of here anyway look vanity yes i think i'm i'm reading off my list here your sources of information vanity plays a, a gigantic role in this i don't want to be wrong or you can you know you think of something clever that may or may not pertain in a pertinent way to what's being discussed. And you think that play on words, the phonetics, the ebonics would be the word in the 90s, that the way the enunciation of what you're going to say sounds great. Oh, look at these words put together. That's going to be entertaining. And you say it, but it lacks truth and it lacks validity. You're out here telling people how to conduct themselves. It's my body. Okay, fine. They're still going to put the warning on the cigarettes. And they're still going to ban you from smoking. Well, you know, these, <laughs> this attitude never prevailed when it came to being able to walk through the 7-Eleven with no shoes on or before they put smoking bans in place. It's my body. If I want to eat something with DDT in it, God damn it, I'm going to fucking plane my... What do you, what do you call that? When, you, when you're dusting your crops... Well, to many different people, if you go on Urban Dictionary, crop dusting could mean a lot of different things. But yeah, you're dusting your crops with DDT. It's a dangerous pesticide. It can cause cancer. No, man, it's my body. Put that DDT on them apples. Is that what you do? Or do you... Uh, or, oh, as they did more research, they banned it. And I don't see you going out there and trying to unban it. Bring it back. Bring back asbestos, God. If <laughs> Where is this? Well, we know asbestos causes problems, causes trouble, could kill you. How many people died of asbestos? Oh, way less than COVID? Oh, but you still banned asbestos. Wait, what? You made it, like, mandatory to have asbestos and lead testing in houses and shit? It's my house. You can't tell me what to test for. Oh, it, it, indeed they can. 
I don't think you've looked around at what you really believe your freedoms are. So, those are my rights. Rights, by definition, folks, we'll go back through this a little bit, are the amendments to the Constitution. So, your rights are the the Bill of Rights, you know, the first ten, is what's classically taught in schools. But the right, the word right, means amendment to the Constitution. Those are your rights. Those are your inherent rights. And other people will go back to the Geneva Convention or other things that have been written historically by the United Nations or otherwise and go, oh, those are, those are basic human rights. Rights come from governments. You may think that basic human entitlements might be a better word, but your language is off here. You don't have the right pieces in this puzzle. Lack of accomplishment... Yeah, I, I mean, I would think that's that's really where it comes down to. I said to somebody, I said, how did I put the words? I said, the difference between thinking and reading is comprehension, which I thought was a great line. But it is. I mean, you can, you know, you can read and you can think all you want, but to, in order to have both, you have to have comprehension. They're gradient things. Pretty simple, right? You read something, you can interpret it. But can you ter- interpret it in a very, um, the word I used here is, is credentials or accredited info. Uh, can you think of it and put it into a way where that carries value, social value? Like, you know, you can certainly speculate all you want, but that's all you're doing is speculating. And if you're wondering how the housing market did what it did, speculating, derivatives. I cannot um, cannot give enough praise to how many times I've turned on the movie Inside Job from 2008 with uh, Matt Damon narrating. It's a very famous book, but they uh, they go over the housing crisis. They interview many many people from the financial sector who were involved and otherwise. You know, this is what happens when we all have this wild. Belief and reward system. We're all patting each other on the back. That's right, I didn't get that vaccine. That's my freedom. Oh. That's strange. But if you want to ride around in a... Cl- in, you know, there's there's exceptions to... Well, they're not exceptions. They're built into the law. Uh, classic cars, for instance. My dad has a truck that is almost old enough that he doesn't have to have an inspection because it's almost 35 years old. Now, he didn't have it to have it inspected. Certain cars of certain ages don't have to have seatbelts. So guess what? They get around the seatbelt law. Oh, no, they don't. They No, you're right. They don't get around the seatbelt law. They are specifically mentioned in the seatbelt law, and they are addressed in that way. Oh, you mean the law addresses them? It's built into the law? Yeah, it's built into the law. It's not some way to get around the law. It's not a way to cheat. It's allowed. And when it's allowed, it's not cheating, is it? Oh, strange, right? I just, I wonder so much about people just how they run around and they, um, they're going to have all these boosters. They were like, yeah, on your fourth booster shot. It's very common for you to go get a booster for something. You have an infection. You take 10 days worth of antibiotics on the general law of the land. Uh, no, nah, I only need... No, you do the whole cycle of antibiotics. That's what's recommended by medical professionals. 
It's not, this ain't up for grabs. If you want to be a holistic, herbal, whatever kind of person, don't buy health insurance. Don't participate in the system. But as long as you're going to be there, I mean. And if you want a real side note, and you want something to think about and discuss, you, you talk about 2021 and people who have um, entitlements and there's all these other ways that we have started to shame or guilt or we're taking these things and we're paying this uh, we're playing this game of paintball with each other and trying to hit each other with with different I, I I just don't like the terms they use white guilt privilege whatever here here's what I'm going to lay at your doorstep it's not something to to really debate or think about do your own math and your own research on this so people believe that there's there's racism or in the movie industry they had the the me too movement right there's sexism and all that stuff and not equal pay for women or trans people deserve trans rights and all that kind of stuff right right now when you go to buy insurance now now i can't stand up in public or i shouldn't it's not socially acceptable for me to point at somebody and be like you weigh too much get down to jenny craig because it's not accepted anymore right you used to be comedians that made all kinds of jokes about plump and chubby and whatever your word might be for people who had a higher body mass index a higher fat percentage all right you, you might say unhealthy now if your pediatrician or your doctor says unhealthy well but if a regular person says unhealthy, oh, that's not right. Interesting, right? Now you've all become medical professionals. Why is it not accepted? Think about that. Okay, my point is this. You go sit down with a young man who's writing out your life insurance policy. And he gives you a different rate based on your age, sex, color, gender, your weight. All of these things that you cannot discriminate against he's not going to give you the equal rate to your neighbor who looks feels acts and is different why why don't you have an equal insurance payment with him why is your medical insurance a different amount than theirs but you want equality you want to be able to study the same things have equal opportunity in the workforce equal pay for equal work Equal spots in the space program or whatever. All right. You talk about wealth. Well, these people have generational wealth. Interesting. They also get better health care rates. And they also have better life insurance policies. Why? Because they built the system? No. But the census shows people... Oh, the mortality rates show... Hey, w hey, wait a minute. You mean the science says these people die sooner from these causes and then we can adjust our insurance policies based on that science? Interesting. Now, the insurance field is, you know, it's untouchable in those ways. Now, we're going to bring that logic out of the insurance field and we're going to DDT that thing. We're going to... We're not going to DDT it. We're going to crop dust it across America, across the other arguments. And we're going to put that logic into practice in other areas. 
I don't believe you're going to live as long. So I, as a business, should be able to charge a higher price from you because you're not going to be, if you are a lifelong customer, you're not going to be coming here as long as that guy because he's going to live to be 88. You're going to live to be 80. So I need to charge you 10 more percent than him. Hey, wait, uh, that's not fair. Why? Now, if the insurance companies can do it, why can't I do it? That's, is it discrimination? Now, if it's discrimination, how come nobody's suing the insurance companies to have those rates flatlined? Hmm. Think about it. There's your food for the day. What else have I got on my list here? Denix. D-E-N-I-X. This is a change of topic. Denix Revolvers is uh, it's a company that makes uh, replicas of modern, of Civil War, of all kinds of movie prop replica pistols and things. Uh, I'm a huge fan of old westerns, and you know I don't like having live guns around the house or anything. But replicas don't fire bullets. They don't have rifling in the barrel. They don't have you know, they, they won't take a bullet or anything else. Uh, Denix is a great little company. Um, the backstory to that is I bought some I was watching the movie it was it's on this podcast I think it's about five or six episodes ago I was watching the movie The Warrant with Neil McDonough and uh, I was like I used to have a Civil War pistol not a real pistol it was a replica too and uh, I like watching my old westerns and having my it's on my desk having my pistol and so and so like uh, a kid with his action figures watching the Disney movie and and that, those would be my guilty pleasures. So I ordered one. Anyway, this was made back in June, and I got an email from the guy not long after that saying they were on back order. Well, last week I went to Discover because I do a lot of business with Discover, and so I'm I'm not ashamed to put in some of my personal experiences out there. I've always had great experiences with Discover. Hi, I'm just looking at my account and I've got all this extra cash back. Yep, that's your cash back match. Only Discover will automatically match all the cash back new card members earn at the end of their first year. You matched everything I earned this year? Yeah. Woo! More money, more money! Yes! It's all very exciting. I'm gonna spread the news. Spread it wide. It's cash back match, people! <laughs> you know that, you all work here. New card members get a dollar for dollar match at the end of their first year, only from Discover. And I um, disputed this uh, transaction. We'd been to California. I went through a lot of money in California. <laughs> and um, I thought, well, he hadn't sent me this stuff, and it's been two months, so I can't go into um, any other place and dispute this. I'm just going to dispute it with my credit card company. I assume he got the message because, like, <laughs> a week later, a package showed up with <laughs> my items that I'd ordered. <laughs> So, I, I called them today and, and took the dispute off of there. Uh, and you should too. Because I know there are times in life where we file disputes or, or we contest something. And then, th and then something goes our way the way it was supposed to. But then also that judgment or something, coincidentally, is found in our favor out of the goodness of somebody's heart or just to be safe. And you get two things put into your lap. Call them up and give it back, or give it to somebody else. So that's that's something I've I've as as I've gotten older, karma is important to me, and and so I, that's the kind of thing I do. Uh, 
Um, let me see what else I've got on my my list of topics here. Talking to cops with facetiousness. <laughs> this is that same logic as this anti-vaccine bullshit. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's on my feeds because those kinds of videos interest me, and I'll leave them on for forty five seconds or whatever. And then the algorithms or whatever of these YouTube and Facebook videos and stuff like that they they put prompt me up the next video, which is like the other ones I've watched because they're suggesting things, not knowing that my curiosity is to watch something different because I like to get a variety. So uh, anyway, how many people they pull over to? Comply with the blue lights. What'd you stop me for? You know, just be a nice guy. You know, it is what it is. Talking to cops like that. I'll pay your salary. And you don't, in fact. You pay into the town, and then the town determines what the budget is. But I <laughs> I heard this story from a retired police captain who talked about this officer. Eventually, he got in trouble because somebody complained about it. They told him to stop doing it. But he, he did the math out of the population and the number of taxpayers and how much money out of his salary each person paid. It amounted to some 78 cents or something like that, I believe. And so he carried around a little bag, baggie with 78 cents. And if somebody said to him, I pay your salary, he said, here, you can have it back. <laughs> I thought it was just uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, talking to cops with facility. And students speaking to their teachers. Yeah, students do that. They mock their teachers, but teachers do it now too. And uh, I watched this video. And I, if I feel like clipping this down, if I can fit it in here, this video of Norm MacDonald talking about how teachers are the real heroes. And, um, you know, he said... <laughs> um. I don't really, I don't believe they're the real heroes. <laughs> I just spoke again. I actually, I think the real heroes are the real heroes. <laughs> Teachers, they get good press because, because people often say to me, you know who the real heroes are? I go, are they the real heroes? They go, no, I go, oh, they're the teachers. <laughs> It's counterintuitive that it doesn't seem like a heroic job, but yes. <laughs> First of all, if you're a teacher, you get the same fucking vacations as a child. You get like, like four months a year off. You know? <laughs> My vacation? I get I, almost no time off. We're 48 weeks a year. Like four weeks a year I get up. What about you? You're not one of those fucking teachers, right? You seem like a teacher. He said, I thought the real heroes were the real heroes. <laughs> and so this woman stands up and yeah, I, I imagine it's it doesn't show the um, visual, but you know, she says, oh, we are, you know, like they are the real heroes. And he said, I, I think you disqualified yourself. The people who are the real heroes don't say they're the real heroes. They act like the other people. You know, the fireman goes runs into the house. 
saves the kid, and they go, man, you're a hero. And he goes, nah, teachers are the heroes. <laughs> he said, that's part of the deal. That's part of the gimmick. If you're a hero, you can't acknowledge that you're the hero. And so being humble, you know, is, is one of the number one things. <laughs> if you don't even have that, pretty sure you're not a hero. What have I got here? Um, sharing information online and doxing people. Yes, doxing people is when you put identifiable information out there. So, you're not allowed to do that. You'll get thrown off of Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. All of these platforms have this uh, policy because uh, I, I believe they're liable and, and other things legally. So, here's an interesting piece of information. Uh, why is it that, and I, I guess that's as an individual, so maybe I'll solve my own problem here, which is something many people are not doing. That's why I'm having this conversation with myself. They can go online and document these public interactions with officers and then identify. Like, they'll, they'll run around and try to identify undercover cars, undercover officers. I'm outside the FBI location here, and they're going to question me. Yeah, because, you know, you asshole, there's people who are trying to do undercover work to protect people. What are you doing that the FBI is interfering with you? That's, that's where I want to know. <laughs> that you need to know any of this stuff? You got too much time on your hands. Here's the, the you know, the company vehicles of the people who are developing the vaccine. What are you going to do about it? Is your your goal is to what? Avoid these cars? I don't know what you could do. I mean, unless they pull you over, you're not going to know who they are anyway. What business would you have? Unless you're... Are, the only thing I could even think of is for you to show an undercover car and go, these are the undercover cars. So if you need to run up to them and tell them that you need help, that, that would be something to do. But you just call 911. Why would you ever need to know what undercover cars look like? If you're not breaking the law, you don't have any fucking problems anyway. In case I'm... In case you're what? Doing something you shouldn't be doing. It's like wanting to know where the cameras are. The cameras are, where's the cameras at? How are you acting, asshole? Is there something they don't need to be capturing on film? Would it be embarrassing to you? Would this be litigious or criminal behavior? You know, what is it you're trying to avoid being seen doing? I mean, it's just, it's, it's silliness. The way people act about those things. And, um, you know, people play all kinds of games with the law. I mean, I'll give you for instance. Now, you, you have good faith people who um, there are all kinds of situations where people take advantage of older people, take advantage of smaller people. Um, if it's financially, sexually, otherwise, right? They, they compromise people's uh, security, their well-being. They commit criminal acts. And they're able to do this out of a place of advantage, maybe out of chance. And so we develop laws for those things, and we go, oh, yes, yes, that's trespassing, that's his land. Yes, that's a violation of someone's personal privacy, their space, their body, whatever it might be. But then you have people who will exploit those things. Math is a great thing to have. You can code your website, you can do math for your personal finances, you're helping somebody out, great, great. Oh, we were going to, yeah, that's right, we're having a party. How many hot dogs do we need to buy? Well, there's eight in a pack in times. 
those are the kind of things you might be doing on a daily basis. But don't be trying to use math in this malicious, facetious way where you jump on Facebook and go, uh-huh, this means that. No, you're making inferences. You're really making invalidities of what you're doing. What you're saying is invalid. It doesn't even make any sense most of the time. It might even look a little clever, but it's like one of those things where you draw a bunch of crap on a page as an optical illusion or otherwise and go, mm-hmm, the smart person will notice the variation. Oh. Well, a person who was perfect wouldn't have a variation. <laughs> Why don't you use that vaccination thought process on that? One of these didn't like the others. Oh, this is 2021. What are you trying to say? He's not equal. He's imperfect. Are you shaming him? <laughs> what do you mean it's not flawless? Shouldn't they all look just alike? You know, it's, it's this ridiculousness that people always try to find a method of attack. They're always looking to do something malicious and just this skepticism, this cancer that they have. It's just so silly. You can't build perfect standards for everybody. We're all individuals. You can have laws and try to govern and try to treat people fairly. You try to do that. It's not perfect. It never was. And so I'll give you an example. So you, you come up with these laws to prosecute somebody who does something to invade someone's space, privacy, otherwise. Okay. Man and a woman have a domestic dispute, and they have all these variations of things that can happen throughout the law. Somebody's got bruises in North Carolina, they take them to jail. Domestic violence, 48 hours in jail, whatever it is. People can get a um, restraining order. You could get a domestic violence order. You could get So you can still go in front of a magistrate with no marks and nothing ever happened. And you can swear to the magistrate, that's right, I swear to God on this Bible, he tried to thump me in the head with a pot. I want him out of my house. Oh, that sounds like a dangerous situation. Well, we're going to grant you a temporary this, and we're going to give you a date. And we're gonna... So they have to uphold those things, and someone has due process to go in front of a judge. I don't. I guess that's not an arraignment, whatever that would be, a hearing. Um, and here you are in front of somebody who can lie, and then it's extremely hard to go back and prove they lied. or It's like trying to catch somebody for perjury or filing a false police report or... You know, there's no crime that I know of to go on Facebook and just lie. Trump, Trump lied. Biden lied. Yes, people lie. Lying is, for the most part, not against the law. So he can lie. He made campaign promises. Did he? Then the world changed or he just decided, maybe he decided beforehand he was lying to you and he wasn't going to do it. Maybe something happened in between and he can't follow through. But nonetheless, nothing, you know. I swear on the graves of my children. Well, my children ain't any graves. <laughs> so what does that mean to you? What does it mean to me? That's really what it comes down to. What does it mean to you versus me? How much do you believe my values? People sincerely go out and get vaccinated because they think it's doing something for you and for society as a whole. We all know that you're probably going to live. Why do you think people would run out and get vaccinated? To try to curb the virus. 
They're giving that gift to you. Oh, no, they're not. They're, what? <laughs> come up with something. You creative assholes out there, come up with something. There's no way them people give to charity so they can write it off on their taxes. And it, Wouldn't it just be better to buy something? Maybe they like giving back. How many people do you and then there's generous generational there's generous stories all the time uh, of people who do very warm-hearted things they go play claw machines and then give the presents away or whatever it might be and sure you could skeptically look at that and go oh that's they're paying the universe back for some evil thing they did probably not The latest thing I saw is that uh, they're making kids wear masks at school. Oh, what an evil thing. What about private schools that make all the kids dress alike and think alike and act alike? You think that's evil? Well, if you don't, why are you and the leaders of North Korea not in bed with one another with your ideological upbringings? You want everybody to be this cookie-cutter duplicate of one another. Well, if you don't, then give people freedom. But if they want to require a mask, it's part of the dress code. I mean, it really boils down to that. They can't make me wear a mask any more than what? They make you wear shorts and shoes, and the steakhouse makes you wear a jacket. and It's the dress code. If you don't believe in PPE and wearing a mask and things like that, because of what? Is it because of the mortality rate for the virus? Well, I mean, you're going to live. Are you? Okay. Okay. Based on the number of cases and the number of people that survive, and, and then you compare that against the number of people that die, right? So the number of people who contract food poisoning and then die from food poisoning is very minor. Statistically, very small, right? It's not significant. Not COVID significant or flu or otherwise. Hmm. People who die of head injuries in automobile accidents where a helmet would prevent them. That number is tremendously lower than COVID or flu or these other... Oh, oh. What are you getting at there, Michael Graver? Well, <laughs> so... If you're willing to stand up and say you don't have to do face masks or vaccinations or otherwise, you should just have freedom. Don't even have to social distance. Where is this argument going to mutate and have a variant, a Delta variant? Where is it going to start growing some legs and you're going to fight back and tell people that we're wasting all this money on health departments. Not just vaccines, but health departments uh, as the applicable piece of what I'm pointing out being restaurants. Don't need health, health scores and documentation and gloves, hand washing. You don't need any of that stuff anymore. The number of people who will die, who could die, who do die, is far lower than covid 
And there you have it. McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich. This isn't just another chicken sandwich. No, it's more than that. It's the crispy chicken sandwich. From the makers of the world's most stolen fries. It's the juicy chicken sandwich from the place that offers extra napkins for a reason. It's the tender chicken sandwich from the creators of a sandwich phenomenon. So you won't just be biting into a chicken sandwich, you'll be biting into McDonald's new crispy, juicy, tender chicken sandwich. Introducing McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwiches. And so you feel that those COVID numbers justify, they hold enough value to not have mandates and not put measures in place. So when are you going to ask them to repeal the automobile safety laws? Far less people die in accidents. Shouldn't we take those laws away? Oh. Because if you're willing to have those measures in place for these fractional numbers of the people who contract coronavirus and who die from COVID, if you're willing to accept the fractional measures put in place for those occurrences, how can you have measures in place for a number that small, but you're not willing to participate into something that is significantly larger? Is it it's grandfathered in? You're just used to it? Like wh- where's your headspace here? Think about that. You, you are just fine with all of these other things that are in place. And they are statistically insignificant compared to COVID. They are 3%. They are a fraction. This percentage that you base your decision off of. 99.7% of people live from COVID. Okay, fine. Fine. That's out of 38 million people that contracted worldwide. I think it's, I don't know, what is it? 200 main cases or whatever. Um, so you, and those are the, the tested, documented cases. So you have that many folks and you don't, you're not willing to have regulations or live your life a different way. You're not willing to have protective gear. No, no mask, whatever. Okay, fine. Now you have significantly less people involved and significantly I mean, you're talking like a small percentage. You got 38 million people who've had COVID. You know, several million people. Well, around the world, it's it's, it's a significant number of people have died. But when you divide that number down, you'll find that extremely low percentage will go from, if you took the COVID people and took that percentage out of it, that 0.3% out of it, you would get the number of people who are in these other situations where they die from automobile accidents, they die from food poisoning, and beyond. Now, you're willing to have a regulation that is a fraction of a percentage of the COVID number that you don't want to have regulation for. Hmm. Interesting. Think about the numbers. 
and think about how you have what your value system is, like how you have made your decisions. It's okay for us to put all of these other things in place. And they affect significantly fewer people in significantly less instances. And they're not even as prevalent in daily life. Why do you want any regulation at all? Why do you want it at all? What is the threshold? Come up with that's what you need to know for a, from a personal standpoint when you're going to vote when you're going to have this discussion. What is your personal threshold? You don't want it for COVID, okay? Okay, you don't want it for COVID. Well, it's more prevalent in your life than these other things. It affects far more people on a far more regular basis. I mean, it's exponentially higher. It's not even in the same universe when you start putting it into a jar of, you know, if it was sugar or something else, and you were doing a health, a nutritional display, and you said, here's how much sugar the average person has, okay. and here's how much sugar you have, and the, the visual would look significantly different, right? You would have somebody who's got a few grains of sugar, and then you'd have somebody who's got a five-pound bag of sugar, and you go, oh, man, there's a few grains. That, that's You wouldn't even miss that if it was gone. Oh, oh, is that right? So if this many people are affected by COVID and you're not willing to regulate anything, you don't want to mandate the, va- mandate the vaccine if you Okay. Well, these small numbers of people who would be the sugar lost as you're pouring it in your coffee or that hits the countertop or you sweep in the floor or whatever, it's stuck in the bottom of the cup after you're done drinking this small number of people that represents the other percentage. You got dad, and you got big brother, and you got little brother, or whatever you would do. Uh, or, or dad, and then son, and then embryo, or, you know, the, the, the sperm that's not left the sack yet. And so you got this fully grown person who is the COVID. And then you got the offspring, much smaller person, still in development. You got the number of people who are dying, the number of people who are, you know, Delta variant, all that stuff. And then you have inside of the ball sack of this, you know, it would the would be next generation, that very small piece of mass. Because I'm trying to paint a visual here, a size comparison. Size matters in these things. You have something that is a few grams. Then you have something that is significantly larger. And then you have something that is exponentially larger than that. If you are not willing to address the elephant, the biggest thing in the room, you don't think that deserves any of your attention. Why in the hell would you document and put all these resources into something that is far less significant? What is your threshold? When does it become significant enough for you to be doing something about? Because if you're willing to do something about automobile accidents, about people who have food poisoning and beyond, and those affect a smaller, a statistically insignificant number of people, you're willing to do something about them. How in the hell are you not willing to do something about something like COVID? What you're basing your decisions on just doesn't even make any sense. That's what it is. That's right. I'm willing to sweep off the driveway, but I'm not going to clean the 1,800 square feet in my house. You know, 
you dusting off the outside as, as a way of looking like you give a damn about people. We're going to pass a helmet law. We're going to pass a seatbelt law. You go to school. That's right. You got to have vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. polio, measles, whatever the fuck. Great. But this idea that you're running around and you're trying to tell me that this other thing that affects significantly more people, it's prevalent, it's traveling around today's society in this unexpected, unpredictable way, doesn't need attention. I mean, if that's how you feel, then let's go with all-out natural selection because the numbers that you're up against don't support the life that you've been living your whole life. How many people die from running through red lights? Significantly smaller number of people. Well, that's right, because less people do it. And they, Oh, so if you knew better, you might stay away from people, wear a mask, get a vaccine, all that stuff, take those preventative measures. Because if you run through a red light going at a lower speed with your seatbelt on in a car that's got better safety measures, it increases your chances of survival. You could indeed run through red lights in a much larger, protected, you know, fully... I guess you could say armored vehicle. If you run through in a Hummer, it's going to be significantly better for your health if you get hit than if you run through in some kind of little Kia that's going to turn into an aluminum cracker. Crumbled up like an aluminum cracker, I should say. You'll be Kia soup whenever they're done. Think about your values. Think about your thresholds. And as I'm talking about imaginations, there are two things about sports, if you've waited long enough to hear these things, because you skim through, maybe you're smart, and you just you went and, and, and did the old drag the, the cursor to find what I'm talking about. Which is interesting, right? Why is it called a cursor? I try to keep the language clean on here, right? We don't like, like bad language on here. We don't put up with the Grammarly does more than catch errors. With Grammarly, you can find really good, no, perfect words that make your writing sharp or explicit or excellent or distinctive. As a matter of fact, for what it's worth, Grammarly can, yeah, that's long. We can get rid of that and this, good, and this, or how about this? Grammarly helps you be concise. If your tone might make someone feel like this, Grammarly can remind you. It would help if you soften your tone. And if you need the support, Grammarly encourages you to write confidently. Because the better we all communicate, the better we connect. Grammarly, helping you connect. Go to Grammarly.com and download today. Oh, well, that was the last I guess I, I left this because I was crossing things out on my um, sheet. People are now complaining about boosters. Don't they update? Yes. Don't you run around updating your iPhone and your software and your antivirus software and your wardrobe and everything else? I made the example earlier that you have appliances and so forth. You get insurance because as time goes on, things break down. And they, they might need an upgrade. Oh, is that right? You need to change out your air filter, get an oil change, stuff like that? Yeah. Those are all the same things as getting a booster. Don't be ridiculous. You put STP in your engine? You should. My cousin, he's like my sixth cousin, Richard Petty. STP! Um, but yeah, you, you change your air filters, you do maintenance, you put in more air in your tires. I mean, whatever. 
Things wear out. They wear off. And they need to be replenished. You eat every day. At least I hope you do. I hope you sleep. You recharge your body. Things that are a muscle need exercise. Things that are preventative need reinforcement. You think at some point they just build walls and they never go back and maintain them? They just build train tracks. Nobody goes out there and looks at the tracks and makes sure things are in good order. They just wait till a disaster happens. No! You do quality control on a regular basis. And sometimes things need upgrades. That's why you build it into your budget. And those of you who don't do a lot of financing are unfamiliar with these terms. And the opposite of that would be depreciation on your books, right? You're going to have depreciation. Things are less valuable. <laughs> but if you do upgrades, <laughs> it might be appraised at a higher value. Yes, you should get a booster. Dumbasses. Uh, appliances, devices, your pets. Yes, even your pets. They have to go get another heartworm medication. Otherwise, they're getting shots on a yearly basis. What do you mean? They don't take one shot for their whole life? No, they don't. You dumbass. Kids. Yes, your kids are like small people. They are small people. And they need boosters and they need upgrades too. And so do their technological things. So do their school supplies. Everything about them needs to be upgraded on a regular basis so kids continue to develop and have a greater depth and structure. All right, what else have I got on here? Imagination. We were going into the imagination of the Field of Dreams game. I do not keep cable or live television or whatever. But I did go on um, to the YouTube, as I call it, and watch um, two videos of... um, Kevin Costner and uh, the Field of Dreams game, and as as cheesy as I thought it was really going to look, because you can see the cameras that are on the zip line going back and forth, and all the you know production equipment. You'll if if you I don't know how at this point in your life you could be as as old as I am or otherwise and see Field of Dreams and it that it could have the same value to you that it does to me, but. Um, it's a, it's a very interesting movie if you're from that time or you understand the social structure that's going on and the the other players that are involved in the movie, the, the Field of Dreams. And I've used it many times on this podcast for uh, audio examples. But watching them, um, I guess they purchased a Major League Baseball, however, that I don't know how it transpired, but they, they actually built a complex, a very nice complex, in another part of that land where they filmed the movie. And uh, so the original field is intact because I thought they had upgraded the original field to then be a Major League Baseball field with bleachers and a press box. And uh, I thought, well, that's interesting, but what a shame. It's not. They had an aerial picture of the old. The set is the house, the the original. It's sort of the original field. It's been flooded since then and, and then redone, but. Now the star of that wonderful movie, Kevin Costner. There's something about this land, an endless cloth that blankets the horizon. This is Iowa, a place where hope and perseverance breed a crop of limitless potential. If you build it, you will come. 
And just like the corn in the field, the game we have loved has grown anew. It's revived our memories of a beautiful story. Over 30 years ago, I was in the tale about a farmer named Ray and a legend named Shoeless Joe. Is this heaven? It's Iowa. Tonight, it's their names we'll remember. On this glorious field, the White Sox and the Yankees harvest dreams into a reality. Evil will come, Ray. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. And remind us of moments in time that capture our hearts forever. You want to have a catch? I'd like that. They built it, and they certainly did come. This is our field of dreams. If you've if you've seen that movie, um, and you take offense to this if you need to, but if you've seen that movie, that is as much of a holy image as the Mecca is to a, to a Muslim person, or as, you know the cross is to a Christian or otherwise. That that field represents something. Um, very I'm, I'm looking for a word that has enough consonants or enough <laughs> um, depth maybe to stand the, the I mean it just stands the test of time I mean that that is not that that movie would be relevant or be a big hit today, but if you if you've seen it and you lived through the era of when baseball was pure and you still appreciated the 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 kinds of people that are represented in that movie from Mel Ott and Ty Cobb and Gil Hodges and Shoeless Joe Jackson, all these guys, um, it represents a, a transition in uh, a rite of passage in people, as specifically in boys and men, it's tied to an American pastime like baseball. I've never done my dad episode yet. Uh, my dad played, you know, college ball. He he won world softball championships. We bonded through um, baseball and and church league softball and and something with you know had a pitching machine when I grew up. That activity and then tying it to fatherhood and the other rites of passages that are involved there, the trials, the tragedies. It makes for quite the the interesting movie. Um, and to see that they that the movie means so much to people, that they developed um, a, a capacity stadium, I guess capacity is anything, could be one, but they developed a, a rather large stadium and and play themed games there. That's interesting. That probably is to baseball what you know Disney World is to people who've seen Disney movies. You go, you ride the rides, you see the things, you experience them three dimensionally. Um, it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, I don't watch baseball. I haven't for probably since '95 when they went on strike. I've seen a few things since then. I used to get the Major League Baseball pass just to leave the noise on in the background. I haven't watched, I haven't followed as a fan more than maybe 10 or 12 games in a season in 25 years. And uh, 
I didn't watch anything, but the the last inning of that game is on YouTube. Very interesting game. Great game. Um, makes you wonder if they wrote it <laughs> with a script. But it was worth it to, to, for the little time that I spend looking at anything baseball-related. That was pretty magical. And um, it, when I want to see something baseball-related, I go back to a movie. You know, watch Moneyball or For Love of the Game, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, The Natural with Robert Redford. I just downloaded The Babe from, uh, I guess, 92, 93 with uh, John Goodman. I haven't watched that in probably since 1996 or something. So, uh, baseball is an interesting thing. I, I My memories and, and the place it holds in my heart will always be there, but I don't, it, I don't know what it would take. I've never sat down and thought about it and, and I've never budgeted the time for it. I'll probably just never be a fan. Um, not never like an active, uh, regular fan. Um, it's out there. It's interesting. I just, you know, the other thing that I saw, speaking of fantasies and, and things that are scripted, um, I don't talk much about wrestling on here. I, I might have at some point talking about my wrestling or something, but uh, a friend of mine, we were, we were talk- me and John were talking about CM Punk returning to wrestling, and, and I'm bringing this up to, to cross it with what I was talking about earlier. But he, he came back to wrestling after like seven years, and, you know, it was, oh, these people are yelling, they're screaming. But it's, it is not the size the audience used to be. Now you can hear it because it's loud. But how many things in life are like that? Now you've got the vocal minority. Uh, if it's a movement and they're marching down the street, if it's online and they're calling to cancel somebody or celebrate something. They just had the Jeopardy host stepped away, Mike Richards. And... It's a shame, uh, but anyway, this this guy came back to wrestling, and so you know, giant hometown crowd, and so forth and so on, and oh, this guy. A lot of people see this match between me and CM Punk at SummerSlam as a personal issue between Punk and Paul Heyman, with me just being there as Paul's muscle. But let me make it clear: it is personal between me and Punk. I've never liked Punk. He walks around here calling himself the best in the world. Look at him, and look at me. I look at him and see a joke. The only reason I let him exist all this time is out of respect for Paul. Paul! The corporate idiots are calling this match at SummerSlam the best versus the beast. You listen to me, the beast is the best, and you're looking at him. Punk thinks just because he tapes his hands and has a bunch of tattoos and takes MMA classes for beginners at his local gym that he's a tough guy. Well, he's not. People have asked me if there's any professional jealousy between me and Punk. What do I have to be jealous of? Was Punk an NCAA Division I heavyweight champion? No. Was Punk a UFC heavyweight champion? No. There is no jealousy in Brock Lesnar. And as far as him being WWE Champion, I was the undisputed WWE Champion back when CM Punk was wrestling for 100 people in high school gyms. Now I'll give him credit where it's due. 
holding the WWE title for 434 days non-stop is impressive, especially for a guy like him. But CM Punk has never faced anybody in his entire life like me. Me. Because there is nobody like me. Size does matter. At SummerSlam, CM Punk is going to learn what it means to truly be victimized by Brock Lesnar. But you got to remember, like, in a, in a world where I look at wrestling as bigger, stronger, like, what-ifs, you know, the, the UFC used to be based off of this concept of matching up clashing styles, jiu-jitsu against a wrestler and a boxer against a, you know. And so I look at wrestling and I go, here is this guy, and he is stronger, smarter, faster. Here's this guy, and he's bigger, uglier, and he's got a crazy temper. So which one, as the match progresses, who's going to make the mistake? Who's going to have the endurance? Is he going to just grab him and crunch him? You know, what's it going to be? And it's gotten hokey over the years, and I don't not acknowledge that. But I also look at it and think that people have this vintage, um, exaggerative mindset where they look at something and they go, oh, man, those were the days. That was the guy. Was he? Because I look at this like this, this kid CM Punk that they're talking about, and he's 42 now. He lost several MMA fights. He's been gone for seven years. Uh, he, he never was uh, a person who was the last match or main event of the shows, not on any regular basis or anything else. Just a guy. And a, a likable guy, I guess, in some ways. A uh, big fan of Andy Kaufman. I'm a big fan of Andy Kaufman. But if you're not, like, like the people who are fans of Andy Kaufman look at him as genius and they think that he is someone who is of great stature in their mind. But in overall, you know like the, the popular opinion and the people who've made money and the you know the people the comedians who will like go down in history you've got Carlin and you know guys like uh Lenny Bruce who's you know stood up for the first amendment and things like that but Jerry Seinfeld has has made too much money and he's been too influential to ignore and my my personal favorite is Red Fox um my youngest son's named after Red Fox John Elroy Sanford he's Jonathan but Red Fox is my guy, right? Sanford and Son and the Royal Family and you know, all of his party albums and things before his time. Uh, but he was the master of his time. And then if you live after 1997 and you don't appreciate the genius, <laughs> the, the wild story that is Dave Chappelle, I don't have anything for you. I mean, I think your value systems are screwed up. It's like trying to to put the puzzle together for you, and you don't have the pieces in the right places. You're colorblind, more or less. And that is what has happened with these vaccinations and all this kind of stuff. You've, you've got this one thing that stands out over here, and that's what I'm worried about. It's about freedom. With the freedom to die. I mean, it's not truly about freedom. If it was, you would get wipe your, you know the regulations out. You'd have this highfalutin, freedom-filled lifestyle of you know being able to smoke a doobie going down the road and no helmet and 
you know, your cars don't have to meet certain specifications. You can modify them, drive any speed. Who cares? That's not how it is. We, civilization is an interesting word, but it's a better idea. And part of how we do that is to regulate certain things because they in some way protect and start to appreciate the hypothetical value of human life. And then if you, I mean, if you're anti-vaccine and you really believe, like, we're over, take that stance and it would be so much more well-received and understood. It would make sense to everybody that overpopulation is a big deal. You need to wipe out. And I've heard people give that explanation and they're not waving that flag because they don't want to have the negative connotation that goes with it. Well, it's not negative connotation. I, it's realistic. The world's overpopulated. There's too many people. There's not enough land and water and resources and landfill. And as, as these people start to hook up and have kids and increase the population from, what are we at, like 7.8 billion to 12 or whatever, it's going to be anarchy. I mean, what do you think the humidity is 110% for? Because there's too many people in this room on this planet. The more people you have standing close to each other, the hotter the area is. The less trees and vegetation, and right? The more that you've got things that are lighter. And that light, sun comes down, boom. You got all this carbon dioxide. You know the story, right? The greenhouse effects, so it goes up, and then less of that heat escapes the, the earth. And so we all end up cooking in this uh, incubator. It's pretty simple, folks. How hot is it in a tannin bed? Oh, how hot would it be if there was two people in the same tannin bed with no more space? Oh man, body heat and then yeah, ain't that something? Think about that. Oh, folks, math, science, strange like that, right? I just, I, I cannot, um, for the life of me, appreciate most of what's going on around me in, in terms of a, a civil dialogue because there's, there's too much bullshit. I feel like if I had a guest on here from the other side and we spoke, it would be the chat. How is it? I don't even know the traditional saying, but... I just make up animals, and you get the idea. The cat chased the dog, chased the rabbit, chased the wolf, chased... The, you know, it's... Who's in the lead? They're running in a circle. Who's winning? Well, I'm not winning because I'm giving up my time, and you're not getting any smarter, and that's what my hope is. Are you winning? I don't know. Unless you're smart enough to know that you're just wasting the other person's time and you, for some reason, get an entertainment value and a stress relief out of that, you're not winning either. You're a confused individual who is stuck in a way that you're not going to be able to adapt and overcome new information. You don't have a good comprehension for reading and thinking, for hearing and thinking, in a way that is going to provide you an evolution of lifelong boosters, lifelong updates. I mean, what you're 
doing is living in this mundane place where you got it all figured out today and it's never going to change. But you can't add to that. The difference for the, the folks who understand the math and the science is that they can have hope and then they also understand progress and where these little avenues and opportunities come to grow a little bit at a time and we appreciate, we are thankful for what we get. There's other folks who feel, no, we got it good enough as it is, freedom. And you're one or the other, right? You're in charge. Are you in this boat where you are looking at progress for tomorrow and where things might be and could be? Or do you think today you're so insecure that you just cannot understand things? Your naivety is going to dictate that you cannot listen, learn, and add to your repertoire, add to your skill set. You can't argue any better because you don't have the ability to interpret useful information in a meaningful way. Not in a meaningful, like, progressive, I understand, and we can start to, to come to a game plan to progress and evolve things. No, you understand things as they are and want to be able to argue to keep them as they are. The police come over for a noise complaint at your house, and you're oh, it's, it's just the right volume, officer. You get the hell off my property. Oh, but the law says, oh, fuck that law. Oh, <laughs> is that what it's like, sir? Here, we're going to write you a ticket. You, you can't write me a ticket, can you? Yes, they can give a mandate. but Why? Because they are the representative authority. Now it's on the books. And it can be enforced just as much as any of your crap where you go out there and go, I'm a sovereign citizen and I can record things in public. I can record the FBI. I don't got to answer your questions. The one thing gives you both abilities. It addresses both of those things. So, I don't, you know. I always like that Rambo quote. It's in past podcasts about how he comes full circle, how he comes to terms with where he really is. But these folks that I'm describing, I mean, the only full circle that's happening in their life is all around them, and they're sitting in an office chair. So there's people who are that link in the human centipede, and they'll always be there, garbage in and garbage out. Other folks who have the ability to evolve are going to be those social, colorful, beautiful, flying butterflies. They're actually going to reach the potential for which nature provided them. Interesting like that, huh? We have the potential to contain and, you know, wipe out the disease before us, the virus before us. You got to participate. It's like voting. I mean, you can. I have a right to vote. Well, if you don't know what the hell you're voting for, you don't have a good head on your shoulders. You could vote to have mm, people who would put mandates in place. Are you a person who votes for somebody because they're going to build a 400 foot wall in front of Mexico? What is it that motivates you to go out and vote and and have any participation in this process? If you want to be active, be active and go out there and do something that matters. Put something on the books. Have a demonstration and burn some masks or whatever the you know. 
run around without your mask on and run through Walmart with your, you know, your video camera rolling on Facebook Live or whatever. Like, you know, th- these people do this with firearms. They go down to the post office or wherever else and they wear, they open carry their stuff just to see if the cops will say something to them. Why? I, you want to know what increases your chances of getting shot? Having a gun around, as Bill Burr says about sharks. When you talk about getting a gun, you know, people like they either totally for it or completely against it. You know, they either go nuts and start screaming, right? Or they start throwing out those stats. You know, actually, you, you increase your chances of getting shot by 80% the second you get a gun in the house. Really? What, because I'm going to load it and shower with it? Like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I know it's dangerous. You get a pool in your backyard, you immediately increase your odds of drowning in your backyard, right? You couldn't do that before, now you step on a rake, in you go. No, I'm telling you, I don't buy any of that Stats are so fucking stupid, you know? Not that they're stupid, it's the way people apply them. You already have your mind made up, and then you go to omright.com, and you start memorizing a bunch of and then you just, just throw it up at people. This guy tried to get me to go scuba diving. I go, I'm not going, I don't want to get eaten by a shark. He's like, well, actually, 90% of shark attacks actually happen in shallow water. It's like, no, that's where the people are. It's called the beach. 90% of people are frolicking along the coastline. It's like there's people swimming to Europe. Let's go to Iceland, you Right? You know, he's talking about, you know, you go in the ocean, you might get bit by a shark. And he's like, you know, no well, you know, 90% of shark attacks happen in shallow waters. He's like, no, he's like, no shit, that's where all the people are. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I'm sure some wild percentage of, of accidents happen in metropolitan areas where there's a higher volume of people, where there's a higher chance of it happening. I just, it's so strange. What is Bill Lingvall? Is he the guy? Here's your sign. It is what it is. Um... Anyway, I appreciate you listening to me, and it, it, you can take your pen and paper and dry erase marker and whatever. Find your way to draw your own conclusions. But you ought to think about it. Think about the numbers. Interesting uh, point of view that I've brought into your life there. You're willing to have regulations for these things that um, affect these very minute, very small, miniature percentages of people fractions of a hundredth of a percentage of people you're willing to have regulations in those areas so that you have to abide by those general statutes you have to abide by those safety protocols oh oh Mm mm-hmm that's right we do we're doing it for the sake of mankind oh but here comes a virus along that affects significantly more people in a diverse and evolving way it kills this significantly higher number of people, a significantly higher percentage of people. Well, that wait a minute, it's 99.7% survival rate. That's right, but that 0.3% is still significantly higher, right? 
than the number of people who are affected by car accidents or food poisoning or whatever. I mean, that percentage is like 99, you know, 999.999. You know, you're going to run around, put all that stuff on the books, yell at people, check out health scores, march out of restaurants, leave bad reviews. You've made a life out of this stuff. We got complete services on this stuff TripAdvisor or Yelp or whatever, right? You know, all this wild stuff. It's hanging in every bathroom and every place you go. The health department mandates every employee wash their hands every visit to the bathroom and sign a sheet sometimes and whatever. And that kills virtually nobody compared to the coronavirus. Now, you're willing to run out and abide by those regulations, but you can't do this other thing. It's my me, and it's me, and it's my body, and you're not going to give me the shot. What do you mean? Okay, well, what about the bartender? What if we throw all of that out the window for him and he pours you a shot are you going to take his shot and put that in your body that's significantly more liquid than what's in that little syringe and you're willing to do it in an unsanitary way huh strange like that isn't it i guess i should have said that backwards you're willing to do it in a, in a sanitary way you're not willing to do it in an unsanitary way make sure he's washing his glasses and so forth and so on I mean, things aren't that contagious, right? He could just you take the glass off of that guy's table over there, pour you some drink, put it in front of you, you drink it. Why does he need to wash, rinse, sanitize anything? The percentage of something drastic happening to you is tremendously lower, significantly, exponentially lower than you versus coronavirus. So why do you need all of those steps just so you can have some alcohol? And get a shot. You'll take that shot. But you're not willing to, to, to take a shot <laughs> for this virus that's affecting, you know. Strange like that, right? You're because you're self important assholes. That's why. Because everybody else will get vaccinated and the virus will go away and you'll be the one person who didn't participate. But you won the fing lottery to be the last remaining freedom fighter as the world around you was looking out for you. The village does that for their idiots, you know. They still try to child-proof the village as they raise the idiot. Strange like that. Generous people willing to do something for you and willing to help you. You're not willing to help them or help yourself. Um, I guess we'll throw some outro music on here. Wrap our episode up. It looks like I've covered everything. Have I covered everything? PPE, food poisoning, dress codes. Yep, puzzle pieces. You got the puzzle pieces in the wrong spot. Obviously, you did not accomplish putting the puzzle together the way it was intended. Advanced math, science, things of this nature are not... For everybody, you may think that you got the right to vote and you got an opinion and you can talk and you know freedom of speech. It doesn't make your information valuable. It does not make your information anything more than dirty wind. And if you want dirty wind, then crop dust something and eat some pesticide-filled apples and tell me how much freedom you got, because the government shouldn't be able to regulate the way that they grow your food. You can stand up to cancer. <laughs> yeah. They know, they know better. You don't know better. 
They don't teach cliff diving in schools because only morons grow up and do stuff like that. But hey, it's your life and your freedom, right? Just the same. Gravity applies to everybody. Anyway, I hope you guys have a beautiful week. This has been a late Saturday night. SummerSlam <laughs> probably just went off the air. It's 11.33 as I record this. And, uh, oh, looks like I have uh, a few things to, to do post-producing this show. Look for the next um, several episodes to deal with uh, many of my prolonged projects on responsibility and ownership that I have put off. It's now very pertinent to the way of life that we live. It's become even more valuable, at least to me it has. It's an evolving idea that the um, right time and the right place. And it seems like as I start picking up episodes into the 60s, uh, now's the time to unleash all that, uh, all that thought and all that planning. You guys have yourselves a great weekend. If you're hearing this early on Sunday morning, late on Saturday night, I don't know when I'll have this up. I'll try to do at least one a week and make them quality episodes with more content like you've just heard here. If you're listening in all those places, you can subscribe. You can leave a rating or whatever you want to do. You know, go to go to every platform, and I'll be there, um, folks. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening to Michael L. Craver presents. Be safe out there, folks. It's been our pleasure at Michael L. Craver presents to bring you this fine podcast. Be sure that you like, you subscribe, you leave a review if you've enjoyed what you had to hear today. You can listen on all your favorite media platforms, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Tell Alexa to play Michael L. Craver Presents. Take care of yourself out there.